Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Amen. Praise God, praise God. Well, I want to give a couple announcements while they're passing this. Um, first of all, we have been raising money this year to pay off our building. How many believe it's a good thing to pay off our building? It's the only debt we have as a church, right? It's a good thing. And so... Um, we started, uh, we started with this building loan, and it was just an um, amazing thing that, that God did, um, opening up doors of opportunity. But um, we owed $100,000, about $100,000 on this building um, about 12 years ago or so. And um, today, as of this morning, we owe $11,100 still on the building, all right? It's a pretty good number, right? Okay, so we're going to retire that this year and uh, as soon as possible, right? Because um, we can use that money to reach out to others, amen? amen? How many believe that? I believe that we can put that money to good use. It doesn't mean it has to go to salaries or anything like that. We're going to use it to, to, uh, to uh, outreach, and, um, and we're super pumped about that opportunity. So um, I want to give you... Um, an opportunity to give. And I know that we just received the offering. Um, and guys, I'm going to maybe throw you for a little loop. You know what? I'm not. It's okay. It's okay. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. We'll each do our independent thing. All right? And uh, we won't have to make our relationship complicated. Does that work? Okay. Um, so we have an outreach coming up. And I'm doing these out of order, Michelle. We have an outreach coming up in May. Um, that uh, we're going to bless our law enforcement, our city and county law enforcement. Are you excited about that? I'm excited about that. What a great job they do to protect us every single day. And I know um, that we have um, two great men that lead our respective um, divisions. Um, Chief Shane Skinner that leads the city, that leads uh, our city police, and uh, Sheriff Mark Cage that leads our our county. I can't say that word. Leads, leads. He doesn't leave. He leads our uh, our sheriff's office, and um, they do an amazing job. Law enforcement week is May 12th through May 18th, and so that's coming up. And I want to um, bless. And this is actually an idea that um, Berta Farmer texted me with, and um, she said, I want to bless our law enforcement for law enforcement week. I'm like, yes, absolutely. That's what we need to do for our May outreach. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to do a custom tumbler, um, like an insulated cup. It's going to have a scripture on it. It's going to be real nice. Um, and then we're going to put some goodies in that and stuff like that. And we're going to give them to every city police officer and every um, sheriff's deputy uh, in, in Carlsbad or Eddy County. Okay? So we are... Um, 
We're going to do that, and um, that's just a, a gift of love from us. It doesn't mean, you know, hey, here's this, come to Word of Life Church, or it doesn't mean we don't want anything in, in, uh, in response. We just want to say thank you for what you do every single day. So in order to do this, there's 150 officers um, and, and staff, um, and that includes management and things like that, 150 between the city and the county. And um, each one of these is going to cost $10, so we need to raise $1,500. And the reason I say we need to raise $1,500 is because we are an outreach church, and every single month we do an outreach out of this church. And I expect every person that comes and sits in one of these chairs to be a part of these outreaches because this is what we do. Sometimes it's putting your hands to use. Sometimes it's giving a little bit and chipping in a little bit. Sometimes um, there, there's other ways that you can do it. But every single month, we're doing something as an outreach. This time, we're doing this for our law enforcement officers. And so we need to raise $1,500 in just a couple weeks, okay? So whatever you can do, uh, we never ask you for a specific amount. That's not something that we're going to do. Um, but what I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to pray and ask God, what's my part? God, what's my part? And if you'll do that, then he knows what everybody's part is. And then everybody's part is going to come together and we're going to have what we need to accomplish that. Amen? You believe that? Praise God. And so I want you to pray. I want you to ask God, God, what's my family's part? We're going to do this and we're going to sow it into our community. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So if you want to give to that, you can give in the envelope and just on the other line, you can write law enforcement. Um, you can text it. And if you designate law enforcement, and honestly, if you type in on your texting law enforcement, it's probably going to send you back a list of numbers. And then you, you text that number. It's probably like 12 or something like that, all right? And so it'll come up and you'll be able to do that. Um, whatever God wants you to give, do that. And um, I believe that we're going to be a blessing, right? All right, a couple other announcements I have just super quick. Um, first of all, if you have not, and I know I'm telling you to do a lot of things right now, but if you have not signed up for Word of Life text alerts, now is the time to do it. It takes like 20 seconds, all right? So I'm going to give you time. You can actually be on your phone in church. It's cool, whatever. So pull out your phone, text that right there without the quotes, W-O-L texting to 97000. Once you send that one, I know you've sent like 12 texts so far since you've been sitting there. So send one more, all right? Word of Life texting, W-O-L texting to 97000 and sign up for Word of Life text alerts. And then the second thing, and you can do this even while I start preaching, you can do this, okay? I'll let you do this even while I start preaching. Download our app. We've got a brand new class that's going to be, it's on our website now. Pastor Daniel has started a class on healing, and there's three episodes on there right now on our website. Um, we're working vigorously on our, our app on the Android side because um, for those of you who are still using Android phones, it's lacking a little bit. So we're working on it on the Android side. We've got a pretty good app on the, on the Apple App Store, and um, so we're working on those things, but we're pushing out content to you and you need to have it. So download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. Okay? Okay? All right. Cool. So we're done with all that. I don't have to do any more of that. Can I have that water that's right there? Awesome. So today what I want to talk about and... and really get started um, today. And we're going to be on this for the next three weeks. I know next week is Mother's Day. And so I'm not going to do a, a specific Mother's Day message. But we're going to do some special things for mothers. All right. Does that work? Does that work? 
Okay, you guys got to talk back to me. I'm going to talk to you. You talk back to me. Um, we're going to be cool, all right? All right. So um, next week, um, we're going to continue this, and it's going to be three weeks. We're talking about uh, all of me, and what does it mean to give our all to God? And I think a lot of times, we as, as Christians, we love God. We, we're all about God. We're like, God is, is, uh, is an important part of my life, but are we really giving all of ourselves to God. And then when we look at our life and the results that we're getting, are we getting the results that we think we should or are we not? And maybe the fact that you're not getting the results that you want to get is directly in line with how much of yourself you're giving to God. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to uncover this, this concept, this message, this all of me. And, and this picture is, is really important. And I want to show you, maybe you guys saw a, a meme that I posted a couple days ago. But this is a dude, he's, uh, he's jumping in the river. Now, I don't know if he's going to like straighten out and just go in or if he's going to grab those knees and go cannonball. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. If it was me, it would be cannonball. You know what, cannonball looks dumb, but it's super fun. Plus you get everybody wet around you, and then they're like, oh, man, come on. See, that's perfect. You can't beat a good cannonball. So I want to show you this meme real quick. So uh, when we go all in after God, it's kind of like diving, and we're going to use this analogy today of, of a pool or a river and getting wet. So going after God, this is how my friends sometimes think it has to look. That me and them, we gotta go at the same rate, we gotta dive in together, we have to be perfectly in sync, and if we're not perfectly in sync, then we're not doing it right, right? So sometimes we've got friends, now they can either push us or they can hold us back, but sometimes they think it has to be in sync. So my critics, my critics think it has to look like this, yeah, I don't know if you can see that guy's face, but that guy's face is like all in, right? He's like, mm -hmm. sometimes my critics think it has to look like that because whenever I fall short, they're like, well, you didn't really get it. Well, you're not trying hard enough, right? You ever experienced that? Everybody's a critic. Everybody's got to tell you what you need to change or what you need to do. Everybody's got an opinion. Apparently, everyone stayed at Holiday Inn Express, and it makes them an expert, right? So when I'm trying to please my critics, that's about the way I look because I'm tensed up, and I'm just trying to do everything that everybody wants me to do, but I'm, I'm supposed to be going after God, not my critics, Right? This next guy, this is what my fear thinks it has to look like. I think I want to get in that water, but I'm just a little bit scared. I'm just a little scared. I have to say that my fear looks exactly like that because my upper body looks like that guy's. My, you didn't have to laugh at that. You're supposed to say amen, amen, Pastor Jason. This is what my fear thinks it has to look like. Anybody scared to get in the water ever? You think it's going to be cold? You're like. I'm just, I'm just going to put my feet in. I'm just going to put my feet in. 
Why don't we do that with God? Why don't we do, why don't we just jump in? Why don't we, I'm just gonna put my feet in. That'll be, that'll be good enough for me. That's what my fear thinks it has to look like. This is what my relationship thinks it has to look like. It's all cute, right? Felt cute. Thought I would go after God. I don't even know how that would work. I don't know. This is how my relationship thinks it has to look. To where this is like, uh, this is like some kind of moment that we have together. And instead of focusing all your attention on God, it's like, hey, we do this church thing together. And then sometimes we don't do this church thing together. And then sometimes when things get bad, then it becomes more about that relationship than anything else. Did I forget to do that? I'm sorry. Yeah, the bridge can go. I think y'all already figured that out. I got excited, y'all. I see Tiffany over there doing her thing, and I'm like, oops, I messed up. Our fourth and fifth grade and sixth grade can be dismissed. All right, this is what my mind thinks it has to look like. This is like straight up, like competitive diving, where this guy, he's like full tuck, He's getting ready to fold out and do this beautiful dive, right? No splash. You ever watch diving in the Olympics? Those people, no splash. Man, I splash more than that getting in the bathtub. Like, these people, this is what my mind, if I can't do it like this, then I'm not going to do it. If I can't be perfect when I'm going after God, then I'm not going to do it. If I can't get all my crap straight, I'm not supposed to say that. Sorry. I'm getting excited, you guys. But for real, I mean, if I can't get everything straight, if I can't make everything look good, if I can't make everything, sometimes I'm a mess, and I just don't want to go to church being all a mess, because if I go there and somebody looks at me, and then I'll be have to get in their face because they're a mess too, and I'll have to tell them, right? That's how we feel sometimes. I have to make it perfect. This is how it actually looks most of the time when I'm going after God is this dude on the end. That's how it actually looks. You know what? I don't even care what it looks like. I'm hot. That water's cold. I'm getting in it, right? That guy, I guarantee you, once he hit, belly's all red. Somebody went, ooh, right? This is how it actually looks most of the time, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go after God. We need to have that mentality in our life that I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it means. I don't care if it hurts a little bit. I don't care if I'm going to have to adjust the way I normally do things. I'm going to go after God. Because he wants all of me. Because he gave all of himself. Amen? We could stop right there and be good, but I have a lot more. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's alive and it lives on the inside of me. God, I thank you that as your word goes out today, that it goes forth with power. God, you said it penetrates in the division of soul and spirit and it judges the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. So God, we're not hiding anything today. God, we strip off everything that we thought we were when we came in here and we're vulnerable and we sit here open to you to let you you mold us into what you want us to be. God, we give you thanks and we give you praise today because you don't give up on us and you have chosen us, you have picked us, you have purposed us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 9, that our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. When I think about that word consuming, I think it is the only thing that can exist because it burns up everything else. It consumes it all. And so in short, let me tell you this, and you can think about this all week, but if there's anything that is consuming your thoughts, then God is not number one in your life. If there is anything else, what do you think of when you first wake up in the day? What leaves you laying awake at night? If that's consuming you, then God is not because you can only be consumed by one thing. Our God is a consuming fire. He wants all of you. Now, maybe that sounds really difficult and really challenging today, but we're going to break this down, not only today, but over the next three weeks and what that means. And I'm here to tell you that it's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. Because I believe that God doesn't ever give us anything that he expects of us, that he doesn't give us very specific instructions in his word on how to do. There's nothing that he gives us that he doesn't empower us to do. And so he's given us all the tools that we need to let go of everything else and be consumed by him. So my theme text over the next three weeks is going to be a very familiar verse, probably the most familiar verse in the entire Bible, John 3.16. Tim Tebow writes it on his uh, his eye black right there, right? And we all saw that in the championship game. And then after that, John 3.16 became uh, one of the, the trending topics on Google search. John 3.16, I believe that it, it's the most popular or most famous scripture in the whole Bible because it sums up the entire Bible. We all know it for God, or many of us know it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want to break that down just a little bit. First of all, it says, for God so loved. So much love for us. You're going to hear this more than once, and you're going to hear it a lot next week. Giving is the natural reaction of love being birthed in you. Give is the natural reaction. God loves so much that he gave. What do you do for your wife or your, your significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your whatever? What do you do for them? You want to give for them, right? You want to give. Your kids, you want to give to them. When love is birthed in your heart, you don't have a choice but to give because it's the natural reaction as love is birthed in you. So God so loved, he had so much love for this world that he gave. Now this is important. He gave his only begotten son. You could say God gave all of him. God gave all of him. When we talk about only begotten, we mean the only one that is completely out of him and the only one that is completely in him. I want to say that again. God loved this world so much that he gave the only one 
that is 100% completely out of him, meaning the only one that is like him 100%. And the only one that is in him 100%. See, we were all created to be that way. But we had fallen, right? And so God loved us so much that he gave his complete self to us so that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. When we say believe, whoever would have an unwavering conviction, whoever would stand in the fullness of what God has for them, whoever believes in him, Remember, when we receive Christ, Romans 10, 9, and 10, it tells us that if, it tells us, I'm sorry, it tells us that if we confess with our mouth, I had another scripture in my head and it was like jumbling together. It tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe from the dead, then we will be saved. The first part of Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess his lordship. What you're doing is you're saying, Believe I have an unwavering conviction Jesus is complete and the fullness of God and that if I receive him, then I become complete. I confess his lordship, that his way is better than my way. I give him permission to rule in me because he is the supreme authority because I can try to do things on my own and I mess them up sometimes. More often than not, but if I, if I go in him, then his leading takes me to where God wants me to be. I believe in him. And if I believe in him, I shall not perish or be destroyed. It doesn't say I'm not going to have a hard time. It doesn't say that I'm not going to have a challenge in life or that nothing's going to go bad for me. But it says that I will not be destroyed but I'll have everlasting life. That everlasting life, that word, means a never-ending, never-changing, always-repeating breath of fresh air. A never-ending, never-changing, always-repeating breath of fresh air. If I believe in him, if I believe in the fullness of God, if I believe that God gave his all for me, and if he gave his all for me, then I need to give my all to him. If I believe that, then I shall not be destroyed, but in every second of every day of my life, I'm going to receive a breath of fresh air in the middle of whatever's going on around me. Amen? See, this isn't just talking about eternity. It is talking about eternity. But it's not just talking about eternity. It's also talking about tomorrow. It's also talking about this afternoon. It's also talking about when you get that phone call or that text that something that you didn't like has gone on. It also talks about how when we go to work and things aren't going our way. It's also talking about when that relationship problem hits and that financial problem hits. And also it's talking about when that depression tries to come on us. It also talks about when those things from our past begin to creep up every single moment of every single day repeat 
repeating in an endless loop. We have a breath of fresh air that we can sustain ourselves through no matter what comes against us. That's all because he gave all of himself to us. It's not only that we need to give all of ourselves to him. He's saying, I gave you all of me. I gave you all of me. I didn't hold anything back. I gave you the only thing that was complete. My only son. So that I could gain you. So that you could be complete. When Jesus hung on the cross, he gave up those things. And he took on our problems. And he took on our shame. He took on our hurts. He took on our past. He took on our addictions. He took on our inability to get past those walls that we had in our life. He took it all on and he put it all to death. And then on the third day, he rose again. And when he rose again, he rose again complete. He gave all of himself on the cross. Everything he was was stripped down. The Bible says that he hung on the cross naked. And I don't believe that that was just, just literally, I believe figuratively, spiritually, emotionally, Jesus on the cross completely stripped of everything that he was. One thing, as long as he held on to one little part, then he couldn't become all of us. But he stripped off all of himself and he took on all of us so that he could put to death everything that we were and so that he could rise again complete in God. Amen? So that we can rise again. He gave us all of him. See, too often, we just dip our feet in the things of God. Too often, we're like, well, I'm just going to get my feet wet. Too often, we go to the pool and we want to cool off. But when it comes to actually getting in, eh, I don't really like to swim. Maybe we have those inhibitions or whatever. I don't, I don't really, that's not really my thing. I'm not really going to do it. You know you want to go down that slide. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. You know you want to, but you don't do it. Why? Eh, I don't want to look silly. I don't want to look foolish. I, you know you just want to jump in and do a big cannonball. You know you do, but you don't do it. Why? Well, I'm, I'm too mature for that. I'm too reserved for that. I'm too... Sometimes... We feel like going all after God is it's like it's complicated. We can't really do it because of this, but 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 there's that. But I want I want to get my stuff cleaned up first, but 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 I've got my friends over here, but I've got I've got my relationship over here that's holding me back. But I, I've got this thing in my family. But I've got this wall that's built up, but you don't understand my past. Well, I was hurt when I was a kid. Well, I, was, I, 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 had, I didn't have a good father when I was a kid, or I was abused by, by this person or that person, and I'm holding those things, and I'm harboring those things. And God, you can have all these things, but these are the things that I've suppressed way down deep inside of me that I don't want to let out, because if I let those out, then I feel vulnerable again, and I've suppressed them so that I can put on a face of confidence 
it's everywhere that I go, but really I'm broken up and I'm hurting inside. And I don't want anybody to know it. I'm here to tell you that we don't all have to know it, but God knows it. And you've got to let it go if you want all of him. You have to give him all of you. I don't have to know it. The person sitting next to you in church doesn't have to know it. Did you know that I don't have to know your business to pray for you? My door is open and we can talk about anything that you want and I also would hope that you know that anything that you tell me stays with me. I don't go blabbing your business. But I also understand that you may not feel comfortable and I'm not gonna ask. Let me give you one example. I'm not even gonna tell you who this person is. I just wanna give you one example. There was a person that came into my office, this is about 10 years ago, came into my office, a young lady, just sobbing. She said she was ready to talk about some stuff. Just sobbing. And we sat there in my office for about 30 minutes and she could never get it out. And to this day, I'm still friends with that girl. And to this day, I have no idea. I have no idea what she came into my office to talk to me about. But she told me some years later, thank you for listening to me that day. To be honest, I don't know what I listened to. And I told her that. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not just trying to be, I, we sat there and she tried and I didn't push it. But I prayed for her because God knew. And can you imagine how much courage it took for her to come and even attempt to talk? And I've never asked her and I never will because if she wanted me to know, she would tell me but I can still pray for her. Amen? Amen? We don't have to know each other's business to pray for one another. We don't have to get in each other's business. We don't have to, to, to have an opinion on everything. But we can pray for one another. We can hold one another up. Because all of that is part of giving all of yourself. I think we're fearful of what it's gonna look like think we're fearful of being judged. If you want me to be completely honest, I think we're fearful of being judged. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many sitting in here right today, even today, maybe you've been in church for a long time, you're still fearful that if I put myself on the line, I'm going to be judged. That's not the environment that we need. I'm going to go here to 2 Kings chapter uh, 5. And this is where we're going to stay for the rest of the day. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse number 15. And we see a good example of this from a story of a man named Naaman. And I've talked about this uh, before, and I don't remember when it was. We're going to break this story down. I don't have this broken up into verses, so you're just going to have to kind of flow with me. But it starts out in this chapter in verse number one. It says, Now Naaman 
commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was a great and honorable man. This is really important that he was a great and honorable man. It says that he was in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. Now I want to stop right there and I want to say the first thing that we learn about Naaman, well, he was great and honorable and the reason he was is because the Lord brought victory through him. The Lord had brought victory through Naaman. See, this was a guy that was not a foreigner to the concept of God. He knew God. This is a guy that had been used by God to bring victory. I think that many of us in here can relate to that because many of us have had experiences in our life where God has used us for one thing or another, whether it was to help somebody, to reach out, to give somebody a hug, to bring encouragement to somebody's life. Maybe we've seen God work in our lives or maybe we've seen God work in the lives of people close to us and we were a part of that. Naaman was in this category. He was a great man. He was an honorable man because the Lord brought victory through him. Great victory, and he saved his entire country. It says he was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He had a disease, he had an issue. This issue, he couldn't hide it. He couldn't control it. He had a disease. Now I believe that this is symbolic here, not just of a physical disease, but this is something that affected every single part of their life if they were a leper. It affected every single part of their daily life. If you were a leper, you were exiled. If you were a leper, you had to stay away. If you were a leper, you were incurable. And so it says the Syrians had gone out on raids and they brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. But she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. I want to stop right there. Because Naaman had something that was incurable. He was a great man. He was a, a, a valiant man. He was a strong man. And God had brought victory through Naaman. But Naaman had been knocked down and he couldn't get up. And the testimony of a young girl was brought to Naaman. And that testimony brought him hope. I want to encourage you today that your testimony, I don't care, this, this girl was captive herself, but she still brought her testimony. I don't care if you're sitting there today and you're like, I can't bring my testimony because I'm captive myself. I can't bring my testimony because I'm struggling myself. I can't bring my testimony because I don't have everything right in my own life. This girl was captive, and she said, no, no, no. If you'll go to the prophet, the prophet can heal you. How did she know that? Because she had seen that, because she had experienced that. 
And she was like, I say for certain that if you'll go to the prophet, the prophet will take care of you. Your testimony could be the one that gives someone else hope. I wish we knew more about this girl. I wish we knew more about where she came from. I wish we knew more about what she did after this. But what we do know is that she had experienced on some level the power of God through the prophet, so much so that out of her captivity, she was testifying of the goodness of God. Your testimony could be the one that brings a miracle to someone else. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be ashamed of it. So Naaman, he went in and he told his master saying, there was a, a girl, she's from Israel. And the king said, go and I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. And so he departed. See, I believe that the king of Syria, he believed in the chain of command, right? He said, you're gonna go to the prophet. Well, I'm gonna send a letter to the king of Israel because I believe in the chain of command. But Naaman, he thought highly of Naaman. He's like, if you're going to get free from this leprosy, you go and you have my blessing and I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. And so he departed and he took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 changes of clothing. When I looked on that and to see how much that was to get a perspective of it, in today's terms, that's about $160,000 that he took as a gift for the king. About $160,000 that he takes as this gift. And then he brought the letter to the king. He gave him the gift. And he says, I, the king of Syria says, I've sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of leprosy. Now, when he says you may heal him, he means you, meaning I'm going to, to, to give you the prerogative to send him to the prophet, right? Because the chain of command. Now, the king of Israel freaked out over this. He starts ripping his clothes and he's furious. And he's like, why does this guy want to fight with me? Does he think I'm God and I can heal people? You know what Naaman could have said right there? Nope, I'm out. I guess it wasn't for me. I guess it wasn't for me. I guess this thing wasn't for me. But Naaman was persistent and God had his back. Because remember, God has given all of himself to us. God gave all of himself to Naaman. And so God sent the prophet anyway. The prophet Elisha, he heard about it and he was like, I've got to go to the king. So he goes to the king and he's like, why are you tearing your clothes? Why are you all freaked out about this? Just send him to me because I want everyone to know that there's a God in Israel. I want everyone to know who the true God is. So go ahead, send him to me. Even though the communication was correct, and then it broke down at the level of the king of Israel. Still, God had his back. Still, God pursued Naaman. So the prophet, he says, please let him come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. And then Naaman went with his horses and his chariots and he stood at the door at Elisha's house. And this is where it gets crazy. Elisha sent a messenger to him. It wasn't even Elisha himself. He sent a messenger, and he said, go, 
wash in the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be clean. Remember, I said that this leprosy represents two phases, not only his physical ailment, but his spiritual ailment. He says two things. It'll restore your flesh, and you'll be clean. Your flesh, and you'll be clean. See, David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God. David also wrote, he said, who is the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He said, who can come to the throne of the Lord? Who can go to the one who is mighty in battle? He said, those who have clean hands, a pure heart. Two, two, uh, um, two phases there, physical and spiritual. So he goes to Naaman and he says, I want you to wash in the Jordan River seven times and your flesh will be restored and you... His spirit will be clean. So when he says the Jordan River, seven times. The Jordan River, uh, we see the Jordan River a few times in Scripture. The, the children of Israel, if you'll remember, they're coming out of Egypt. They walk through the wilderness for 40 years, and they have to cross over the Jordan River in order to get into the promised land. If you'll remember, we see the Jordan River because John baptized in the Jordan River. And before Jesus could start his earthly ministry, he had to be baptized in the Jordan River. When we look at the meaning of the Jordan River, Jordan River means to descend on or to come down. See, I believe that the children of Israel had to pass through the presence of God in order to go into the promised land. I believe that Jesus had to have the presence of God descend on him before he could start his earthly ministry. And Naaman, if he was gonna move past this ailment in his life, he had to have the power of God descend on him. It had nothing to do with him. It had to do with God giving all of himself to Naaman. Why did Naaman have to walk in, have to wash seven times? Well, seven is God's number of completion. Remember that God gave his only begotten son, he gave his complete self. His complete self. And so Naaman to wash in the Jordan River seven times, it had to be complete. It had to be whole. Six times wasn't going to do it. Five times wasn't going to work. But seven times he was going to be complete. And he was going to be clean. Not only his flesh, but also his spirit. It says when Naaman heard this, he was furious. And he went away and he said, Surely he would come out himself and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over and heal me of my leprosy. See, Naaman had in his mind how this had to happen. This has to be like this. He's going to come out. He's going to do something. He's going to give a speech. He's going to go with his coat jacket or whatever. And I'm going to be clean. Right? It's not the way it works. He said, no, 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 I need all of you. I want you to go. I want you to wash in the Jordan River seven times. So then Naaman, he's like, okay, all right. Are not the rivers of Damascus so much better? And he names two rivers, and I can't pronounce them because I don't speak the language, and you can't pronounce them. So it goes like this. It's A-B-A-N-A-H, Abana, maybe. And if I'm saying it wrong, it's cool. You can have your opinion. I'll have mine. 
It doesn't matter. Abana, and then this one's worse. P-H-A-R-P-A-R, Farpar. That's how I'm going to say it. Farpar. The rivers of Abana and Farpar. Good old. What are you doing later? Hey, we're going to go have a picnic down at Farpar. You want to come? I miss the days where we used to go out on a boat out on Farpar. He says, are not the Abana and the Farpar rivers of Damascus so much better than the waters of Israel? See, this is where it gets good, you guys. Naaman, he's like, well, I thought he was going to come out. I thought he was going to wave his hand. I was going to be fine. But if he says I have to wash myself, these rivers are far better than those rivers. How many times do we think our way is better than what God had just told us to do? Right? God says, here's how I want you to be clean. Here's how I want you to cleanse yourself from the trouble that you're having, from the problems that you're having. It's not hard. What I need you to do is I need you to do these three things. I need you to open up your Bible. I need you to read it. What I want you to do is I want you to make sure that you go to church so that you're fed. And then that person that you say you hate, I want you to forgive them. Wasn't that better just to block their text then I don't have to deal with it, right? I already unfriended them, God, I'm cool, okay? I don't have to see their junk anymore. They don't have to see mine. We can walk the other way and just be fine. When I see them at the ball field, I sit on one side, they sit on the other side, we kind of know, right? That way they don't have to get in my face, I don't have to punch them. But God said, I thought you wanted to be clean. I thought you wanted, I thought you wanted these, these things to get better. I thought, I thought that's what you wanted. You told me that's what you wanted. When you were in church and you were lifting your hands and you were like, your gloves too, your love is too good to leave me here, right? He's like, well, I won't leave you here. What I need you to do is do this. And you're like, oh, no, no, I'll stay right here. I'm good right here. <laughs> he says, Wait till you see what these, what these rivers mean, you guys. We talked about Jordan River descending down. The, the Abanar, what does that mean? It means to build. Abanar, to build. No, 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 God, everything that I build is everything that I need. I'm not going to give that up. No, I worked too hard for this. No, I built that, God. I built that. What about the walls in your life that have been built over time? I'm just going to suppress them because I'm going to wash myself in the things that I built. And I'm going to be, and Naaman said here, well, I could wash myself in those rivers. Aren't they better? He says, could I not wash in them and be clean? God's saying, no, you can't wash in them. You can't wash yourself in the things that you built and be clean because everything that you built is inferior to what I want to build for you. I want you to buy gold from me refined in the fire is what Jesus said in the book of Revelation. 
I want you to buy the purest gold. You think you're fine. You think everything is good right now, but you still have those bumps along the way. But I want things to be better for you. I want things to be perfect for you. I want you to have the best of me. I want you to have all of me, but I have to have all of you. And so you need to throw away the things that you built that you've been washing yourself in over and over and over again because that is inferior to what I have for you. You got to go wash in the Jordan because it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's me descending down on you. All right, good old far, far. What does it mean? What is it, far, par? I forgot already. Good old far, par. It means to divide. To divide. Mm, I'm just going to separate myself. I'm just going to create a little space. I just need a little space here. I just need a little break. I just need to separate. I just need to divide. I just need a little me time. We try to wash ourselves. We try to formulate in our mind how these things are going to work. We try to formulate in our mind what we need in order to get back on the right track. How many times have you devised a plan and you never got there? Because you never consulted God on what the plan should be? Naaman says, I could go wash myself in there. Wouldn't I be clean if I did that? I can just suppress it a little bit more. I can just push it down just a little bit more. I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to let those things rise to the top. I don't really have to change anything. I'll just put a little space between me and that problem. I'll just divide my attention a little bit. Maybe if I divide my attention a little bit, then it'll be okay. How many times have we said, I'm having family issues. And so I'm going to spend more time with my family, but sometimes that means cutting God out a little bit instead of saying, we're going to make God the center of this family. I'm having relationship issues, and so what I need to do is I need to make sure that we really buckle down and, and we're going to spend a ton of time together and we're going to go out of town every weekend. And we're gonna, but but the, the last time that you sat in church together was months ago, and your relationship problems aren't getting any better, and now you don't have that relationship or a relationship with God. I'm having financial problems and what I feel like I need to do is I just need to buckle down. Maybe my family problems, my relationship problems are caused by my financial problems. Or, and, and so I need to go out and get a second job or a third job or a, I need to do some things on this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things. You have to spend time with your family. If you're going to have a successful relationship, you have to spend time together. There's nothing wrong with it if you have to do something to get a little extra income. But what I'm saying is what are you doing? What are you, what are you risking What are you giving up? Are you still having that relationship with God? So you get two Sundays off a month. Are you here on those Sundays or is it your only day off? Did you make use of the tools that are available to you and feed yourself on the word of God? You say that you need to spend time with your family, but how much time are you wasting? 
this is something that God got on me, and this is for real, y'all. God got on me a long time ago because this is going to come as a shock to you, but sometimes I can be kind of grumpy and moody. I'm just saying, just, just sometimes. And I felt like I wasn't getting enough time with my family, and God said, how much time are you wasting because you can't get over yourself? I was like, man, we have a day together and you waste the entire day because you let something make you mad that was stupid. It didn't even matter. And you let Satan come in and steal that time from you. And then you say you don't have any time. <laughs> I didn't even mean to get there. I think it hit somebody though. I know it wasn't you as a person next to you though, right? Aren't those things better? Aren't, aren't those places to wash better? I could just work a little harder, right? I could wash myself in what I build. I could just work a little harder. My works. Some of us are so religious that we think, I just need to work a little harder. And he's saying, no, you just need God to descend on you. Some of you, you're thinking, man, I just need to, to, to divide up. I just need to separate. And we don't understand why we're not clean. We don't understand better. On all of you. It said the name, and he turned and he went in rage. You know what could have happened right then? All right, I guess he didn't want it. Forget it. Could have happened. But no. Came to him and he spoke. He said, My father, the prophet had told you to do something great. Would you not have done it? If he had told you to do something hard, would you not have done it? If he had told you, sometimes we're looking for God to just come and, and just rock our entire world. Sometimes we're coming, we're looking for God to say, I want you to pack up all your stuff and I want you to move to the other side of the world and I want you to live in a hut and I want you to eat bugs and preach for me. But most likely, what God's telling you to do is I want you to go to work, I want you to swallow your pride, and I want you to live my love. Right? If he would ask you to do something hard, you would have done it. How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean? Oh, well, when you put it that way. Remember I told you going all in after God's not hard? He says, I told you, just wash and be clean. Wash and be clean. It's not hard to go after God. And so he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan. Again, seven times and he was complete. And according to the saying of the man of God, his flesh was restored. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of God and all his aides and came and stood before him. And he said to him, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except for the God in Israel. He said, now I know. I want you to go back up to verse number one where it says, Naaman was a great and honorable man because God had brought victory through him.
He had already seen a great victory in his life. Yet he was challenged on a personal level. And he began to doubt God. Again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of you sitting in here today, you've seen God work? But because of a challenge that you faced in your life, you begin to doubt him. And then you start putting up wall, 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 wall. The walls of Jericho would not have come down if the children of Israel wouldn't have gone through the Jordan. Naaman's leprosy would not have come off if he hadn't gone through the Jordan. If he hadn't been washed in the Jordan, I don't care what it looks like, I'm going to cannonball right into the Jordan seven times. I'm going to belly flop into the Jordan seven times. Whatever it looks like, I don't even care. I'm going to go into the Jordan. And I'm going to get God all over me. And he did that. So many of us, were wondering, where's God at? Why isn't God helping me in my need? Why isn't God reaching out in my time of trouble? Why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God doing that? And we're struggling and we're hurting. But we're not doing what he told us to do. We're not doing the simple things. You say, well, maybe I could do it over here and I could be clean. Or I could do it over there and I could be clean. Or I could, I go to church. I, I go to church. Could I just go to church and be clean? And God said, no, no, no. What I wanted you to do is I asked you to serve in church. You just go and you take up space. You sit in a chair every single week. And you think you're doing your duty, but that's not what I told you to do. I told you to go and I told you to serve and you're not doing it because you're scared of what it's going to look like or you're scared of the time commitment or you're scared of this or you're scared of that. And you're not obeying what I told you to do. And if you would just do the simple thing that I told you to do, then it would unlock freedom for you. But you bring me excuse after excuse after excuse. I wrestled with God the other day. Sitting on a train, I was riding a train from Washington, D.C. to New York. This is like two days ago. And it wasn't a long conversation because I've learned that they're not fruitful anyway. Either, you know, God's going to stay the same. I'm not going to be able to reason my way out of it. And um, like either I do it or I don't. And if I do it, it's best for me. And if I don't, it's worse for me. So um, it's become a pretty simple thing. But I read something that somebody had posted about a challenge that they had um, on their Facebook page. And um, God spoke to me and he said, here's what I want you to do about it. And I was like, God, I'm on a train. I'm like in, I don't know, Delaware right now or something. Like I can't do anything about that. And he goes, send a text. I said, no, eh, I don't know. Probably don't even have service. I was, it's like my dad not having service, right? I was on the internet. <laughs> I just like giving him a hard time, right? So I sent a text, we got it taken care of, I'm going to deliver this thing either uh, tonight or in the morning, and, um, and we're going to be good, right? Because God told me to do something, and I'm just going to do it, I'm just going to obey, because that's what I need to do, because that's what God had told me to do. I can reason my way out of it, I can say this is why I can, or that's why I can't, and then I'm going to wonder why I'm not clean. I'm going to wonder why I'm challenged. I'm going to wonder why, but God, I'm here every week, I was preaching, 
God, I was here, I was preaching, and I'm still not clean. Why am I not clean? Because you said, these are good enough. I'm just going to go wash myself over here. And he said, no, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to do this very specifically. And it wasn't difficult. You had it well within your means to do it. In fact, I provided for you to do it. And you still held it to yourself, and you would not obey me. And you're not clean. Why aren't you clean? Because you didn't give all of you. So what did Naaman do? The last thing that we're going to say today is Naaman said to Elisha, please take this gift from your servant. We started today talking about John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave because giving and generosity is the natural expression of love being perfected in you. It's a natural expression. So what did Naaman do once he was clean? He gave. He gave. He said, here, I have a gift for you, and I'm going to give to you. Next week, I want you to come back. I hope that I earned your trust this week, because next week we're going to talk about generosity and giving and what that means to giving God all of us now, I promise you, it's not a fundraiser, and we're not going to take up an offering after. I promise you. Trust me on this, okay? Come back next week, because you, it's going to transform your life. I promise that if you'll put these things to practice, it's going to transform your life. Before I begin this, and we're going to pray. Can you come play guitar? <clears throat> Before I begin this, I felt like this was going to be one of the most uh, important series that I've ever preached. The things that God has begun to show me, guys, they're not earth-shattering, but I believe that he's instructing us to put them in such a way that will be liberating for you, for me. I can't just say it for me. I mean, I can't just say it for you. I have to say it for me. I've learned in my life that I can hold things back. So, maybe you can relate to this. I don't know. But in my life, my, I'm an ambitious person. I'm a, I'm a, driven, a driven person. That's my personality. I'm kind of intense sometimes. <laughs> maybe that's an understatement. I don't know. But I've always been able to do enough for everything to be good enough. Just out of, and I don't mean to say this bragging or anything. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. But just in, in natural ability, I've been able to do enough. 
And I keep going back over and over again in my life, right before uh, Tiffany and I, just after we got married and right before we moved uh, to Carlsbad. This is uh, like 2003. I was standing in, um, in church And the, um, the pastor that I was working under at the time, the youth pastor, is Pastor uh, Earl Glisson. And he called me up and, and he prayed over me and he said these words to me. He said, in and of yourself, you have the ability to have success. But it won't be until you give everything to God that you really experience the success that God has for you. And there's been benchmarks in my life where I've gone back to that. And I've said, am I trying to do things in my own strength? See, I tend to wash in that A river, whatever that was. I tend to wash myself in the things that I built. And when things get hard, instead of saying, God, descend on me, I say, I'm going to work a little bit harder. I'm going to push a little bit harder. When I begin to study this, when I begin to see these things in the scripture, I said, man, I've seen victory after victory after victory. I've preached victory after victory. And we've seen things happen and God move in an incredible way. But I always seem to run up against this wall over and over and over again. And I can't get past it. And I can't get clean. Why can't I get clean? God began to open up and reveal things to me that I'm not doing. And I can't bring anything to you that I don't bring first to myself. I can't bring anything to you that I'm not willing to do in my own life. But I'm here to say in front of you, in front of everybody who's watching on, on broadcast today, that I'm going to do the things that I need to do. What are you going to do? Are we going to take this thing where it needs to go? Are we going to expand this thing? Are we going to grow this thing? Are we going to walk in the fullness of what God has for us? Or are we just going to stand around and wonder why we're not clean? Because we thought we would get clean in doing those other things, and it's not working. I have an open invitation. Anybody who wants to go do some cannonballs in the Jordan River, I'm doing some cannonballs. And if it's just me, then that's okay because I'm still going to do them. And some other people are going to get wet. So you can do a cannonball with me if you want. We can count to three and do a cannonball together. If enough of us go, there ain't going to be any water left in that pool. Belly flop and all. We're going to get clean. Amen. Praise God.
Praise God. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. See, this is your first start, and it's not that hard. The Bible says, and we said it earlier, if you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. What we're doing is we're admitting that I cannot do it on my own. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I've got to have you. I can't do it by myself. If you're willing to say that today and invite him in to help you, then I'd like to lead you in a prayer. And I'd like to ask everyone that's in here to say it with us as a show of support to those who maybe haven't. See, because we're a family in here, I don't need you to step out, come forward, anything like that. If you're watching online, do it the same thing. You've got a room full of people here today that are saying this prayer with you. You're joined together today all over this room and all over the world. If you'll say this with me, say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. The second thing I want to do real quick. So if you said that for the very first time, the Bible says you're a child of God. And I'm going to ask you to just fill it out on the card. Maybe say, I chose Jesus today hand it to us or just leave it on the seat or whatever and then go to our website wolcarlsbad.com and download our book called I Choose Jesus. It's going to help you on your walk with God, whether you're watching online today or whether you're in this room. And then the second thing that I'm going to do today, and I do this pretty frequently, if there's anybody here that you're struggling in any area of life, I don't care what it is, relationship, financial, if you're sick, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with addiction, whatever it may be, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise up your hand. Now, I'm not going to ask you what's wrong with you. I'm not going to ask you what's going on in your life. I'm not nosy. We talked about that earlier. I don't need to know to pray for you, and neither does the person around you. And this is an agreement that we're all going to make in this room, that whoever raises their hand, no one will go and ask them what they raised their hand for. Can you do that for me? I don't want anybody to go and ask. What you can do is you can send a text later on today or tomorrow or whatever. just says, I'm praying for you. It's good to know that we have people that are holding us up, right? But I don't have to know your business. If you want to talk, the door's open. That's on you. So if you're struggling in any area of life, no one's going to ask you any questions. This is between you and God, but we want to join together as family today. If you're struggling, just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for these that are lifting up their hand all over this room. We pray for these online that are struggling today. God, we thank you that you are a God that is more than enough and that you have made provision in every single area, no matter what they're struggling with, relationship, financial, God, addiction. We pray for those that are struggling, uh, that are struggling um, in their body in the name of Jesus. We send healing in the name of Jesus, emotional healing in the name of Jesus. Emotional healing in the name of Jesus. There's at least one person, whether it's in here or online, I'm not sure. I don't want you to tell me who you are. 
But I believe there's at least one person that you're struggling emotionally as I was speaking today and we were talking about that thing just keeps coming back up and coming back up. You want to be clean from it. You want to be free from it. You don't know how. You sincerely want to be free. Sincerely want to be free. We joke about it sometimes, but this, it really is complicated. It's not something you can just go out and just say. I want to give you encouragement today. I want to tell you first off, I don't have the answer, but I know who does. Jesus has the answer. The scripture says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. It also says that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. You're thirsty, you're hungry, you're seeking, and you truly want to be free. And you're willing to do whatever you need to do. You just want to make sure it's the right thing. And so God is using this time today to tell you, whoever you are in the room or online, whoever you are, God is using this time to tell you that he will give you the answers that you need as you seek him. You'll know when it's those answers and you'll know what to do. And then I want to encourage you, whatever it is, obey. Whatever it is, obey and you'll be clean. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love.